You are listening to the James Carpenter Podcast Show, episode number 14. Welcome back to another week, another episode. And here's what I've got in store for you is over the course of the next several weeks, I'm going to build upon this series of podcasts. And what I have for you today is talking about the effects of flour and sugar associated with withdrawal. And then that's going to build the foundation to set up the next podcast for next week, which is after the withdrawal, now what? And then talking about setting up your food protocol and then how the model changes your life. And then to cap it off as to why we procrastinate. And I'm setting it up in this order because of what's been happening with my clients and in, you know, setting it up and understanding it laid out in this manner, in this approach can really be effective in your weight loss journey, especially with understanding what's happening when you try to cut out certain foods and the foods that you're eating. Because I base my coaching concepts around three main principles, which is the hormone alignment based on the foods that you're eating. So hormones is one, foods that you're eating is second, because they play a critical role in how your hormones operate and how they regulate. And we'll get into that here shortly. And then lastly is the thought work side of it, the emotional component. And again, if we remember that our thinking, our thoughts create everything, they drive how we feel, all of our feelings and emotions, and how we feel will so often dictate or determine what we end up doing with our time, whether that's, you know, feeling motivated to go out and do something for a net positive in our lives, you know, such as eating healthy or, you know, getting after certain tasks that allow us to or enable us to fulfill our end goals. And then that's the last step is all the things that we do with our time will directly impact our outcomes or our results. And so if we feel depressed or if we don't feel like doing something, which is a thought, we feel unmotivated, our action is to, you know, more times than not, seek a distraction, we'll watch TV, we'll peruse on social media or Pinterest, you know, something of the like, and then the end outcome, the end result is nothing changes, we don't get any closer to what our true goals and our true desires are. And so that's why we're starting with the effects of flour and sugar associated with withdrawal. So stay tuned. And let's dive in. So I want to discuss what's happening when you consume flour and sugar. Since this is the first step I have my clients undertake. And when you think about it, anytime we eat food, there's a chemical reaction going off in our brains. There's a dopamine hit, right? A very natural um, thing occurring. But when we consume flour and sugar, there's an artificial spike that's taking place. And I'll explain more about that, about what's happening, because it's what's happening inside of our brains that's causing us to, you know, we're creating essentially our own urges and our own cravings. And so when we try to abstain or to uh, you know, not do something, it, we can feel the effects of withdrawal. And understanding what's going on is important for you to know so that you can effectively manage your mind when the withdrawals come. You know, the cravings, the urges that so often make it 
seem like we have no control over our eating habits. Um, but you do have control. And I'm going to show you, you know, what you can do to have more control in your life, starting with the food and then the thinking, the thoughts that you have about the food or around the food. And this chemical reaction, you know, when we consume flour and sugar, that artificial boost, you know, we're designed to seek pleasure. You know, that's what keeps us alive. Obviously, food is part of our survival tactics. Flour and sugar becomes uh, translated. The more that we eat it, it becomes translated in our brains as important. You know, it becomes this essential part of our survival because we do it so much that uh, our brain then considers it necessary to live, right? And so what's happening is we have these dopamine-containing neurons in the areas of the brain that are processing behavior reinforcement. So our reward center is just being triggered, right? And I like to think of it like this dirt road. You know, we start out with the dirt road because we don't become dependent on, you know, we don't become addicted to something without forming the habit. And in order to form the habit, it starts out as a very simplistic, very weak neural pathway. It's, you know, very similar to the dirt road. It's uneven, it's unpaved, it's rocky, it's not smooth. But then the more times that we travel along that roadway, that pathway, you know, it becomes paved. It does become smooth. The roughness turns into, you know, evenness, the more times that we travel along it. So all the while we're developing and establishing this habit for us to do it over and over again. And the more times that we do it, the stronger it becomes, the more often we want to do it. So it's reinforcing that craving or that urge for us to want to get more of that dopamine hit in our brains, that chemical reaction, because it's that feel-good chemical. And the dirt road, as it's you know elevated into or upgraded to a paved road, the paved road then gets converted into a super highway. Because if you remember, our brains, yes, they're designed to seek pleasure and to avoid pain, but at the same time, they want to be efficient. So we want to think the same thoughts over and over again, whether or not it's good or bad for us. But that's so often why it can feel like it's difficult to break bad habits. Even though we know they're not good for us, it's because we've established the habit of doing it. And so we'll talk about what we can do to reverse that at the same time. Now, dopamine reinforces the behavior, and it's actually one of the quicker ways to establish a habit because of that you know, chemical, that emotional response that's happening in our brains. And so we're teaching our brain that it's good, that you know, we're incentivizing ourselves with the food or whatever it is, whether it's drugs or alcohol, or maybe it's work, or maybe it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you know, relationships, whatever it is. And it's an artificial thing happening because we get a pleasure well beyond that normal baseline that, you know, if you think about it, like if we eat whole foods, um, you know, they provide a natural, normal dopamine baseline trigger. But when we eat flour and sugar, it goes well beyond that, that trigger point. And so what happens when we try to withdraw or to abstain 
from certain foods for an extended period of time, you know, we can oftentimes feel depressed because what's happening is our dopamine receptors are actually being downregulated. And what's needed in that instance is to get more dopamine just to feel normal, right? But when we give in, we're reinforcing the behavior to do it again. So it's this vicious cycle that we're placing upon ourselves. And, you know, it's one of those things I go back to the vegetables. It's one of those things where have, have you ever been told that you're just not getting enough vegetables or have you ever had the withdrawals of, man, I, I'm really craving um, a banana right now, right? And it's because it, it supplies us that normal, that natural boost. Um, but these foods, and if you look at all the foods in our food supply, you know, they contain added sugars and processed um, components or ingredients in the foods, right? And so it creates that unnatural boost. And so we get into this dependency on these foods. And again, it can be characterized by our eating habits in terms of feeling like we don't have any control of our eating habits or like this compulsive manner. And it's that thought of, I can't control my eating or I want this, right? Have you ever caught yourself saying that? And another interesting point to be aware of is it's also messing with our hunger signals, the flour and the sugar, right? And so it'll oftentimes get to the point where withdrawal can get confused with being hungry or feeling hungry. And here's why is because flour and sugar, it, you know, creates that communication jam from the stomach, the signals that we naturally receive from the stomach, you know, from the body up to the brain to indicate to us whether or not we're, we are hungry or that we're full, we should stop eating. Um, so that's what's happening. Now, I'll oftentimes hear my clients say, you know, I eat because it's time to eat, even though I'm not physically hungry. And it's our thinking that we're hungry when we're really not. And that's why my clients use my hunger meter on my scorecard I created. And this is a free download of my website to help them know, you know, to help them distinguish when they're physically hungry versus experiencing a feeling that's creating this emotional response, whether that's due to boredom or feeling lonely, you know, whatever it is. And because we don't want to feel the effects of anything negative, you know, such as withdrawal, we eat, we distract ourselves, and we seek a way to satisfy that dopamine craving, but all the while reinforcing for it to happen again, which oftentimes will lead us to overeat, right? And so again, it's this vicious cycle that we're, we're caught in. And my process includes helping coach you through the emotion and the thought work side of it, because it's your thinking that's causing you to feel a certain way, coupled with the foods and the hormone alignment, whether it's feeling anxious, sad, nervous, and that then impacts everything that you do. And so I offer to my client these tools that allow you to sit with the emotion before trying to change. So it's to amplify your consciousness. It's to increase your awareness with what's going on. And here's why is, you know, here's where we start to get into that reversal of, okay, well, if this is what's happening and if this is what's happening with me, with my 
with my food consumption, how do we reverse it? And when you allow an urge to go unanswered, like when you feel like eating, even though you're not physically hungry, when you allow that urge to go unanswered, it actually diminishes. So much like as we keep doing the habit over and over again, and it, it strengthens the habit, by not doing something, it actually diminishes the habit. You see how that works, the opposite effect. And you know, for me and the way that I coach my clients, it's not a question of if you'll lose the weight. It's honestly a question of how much, right? And this is what I'll be covering uh, this topic more in next week and then the upcoming week's podcast when we talk about after the withdrawal, now what? And then also diving into how to set up a, a food protocol that allows you to you know, create that proper hormonal alignment, all the while addressing what's going on in your mind that's causing you to want to say to yourself, like, I want this. And an interesting uh, scientific study, you know, scientists have been trying to get after this for years to have a better understanding of the impact that these foods have on our brains. And so they've conducted experiments, you know, in the labs and they have lab mice and it's called the forced swim test. And this is what they do. So they have a group of mice and half of them, they'll feed, you know, they'll add sugar in their food supply. And the other half, they'll just give them their, their regular food supply with no added sugars, right? And they do this for an extended period of time, like let's say a week. And they put these mice, you know, after the week, they then have them go through this exercise to observe their behavior, okay? So it's this forced swim test. Now, if you put an animal in water, its natural instincts are to, you know, swim vigorously to try to get out of it, to try to escape or to try to climb out of it, right? And so they place these mice in this tank of water to observe their behavior. Now, remember half of them for the you know, last week or so have had their food, have, have eaten their food with added sugar. And the other half have just had regular food. So guess what happens? It's really intriguing actually. The mice, you know, because they're prone to swim to try to escape, it's in their nature. The mice that didn't have the added sugars, they were active, you know, actively swimming, actively trying to climb out of the water, you know, to escape. But <laughs> on the flip side, the mice with the added sugars to their food supply, they actually took a more passive approach. They didn't swim. They didn't try to climb out. They floated. <laughs> so they took the least minimal uh, way out of this test because of, you know, what they had eaten and it, what it had done to their brains. And so <laughs> after the test, they took the mice out and to both groups, they actually only fed the mice regular food, you know, non, they didn't add in any more sugars. And they did this for, again, let's say another week. And then they added, um, you know, again, it was all to observe their behavior. And after the week, they gave back the original mice, that group of mice that had sugar, they added back in the added sugars to their food supply to see if there would be a change in behavior or if they were able to break the habit. Come to find out, they actually consumed more of it at a quicker pace. And again, what they hypothesize is 
you know, it's this deprivation effect that's going on is they were deprived of this life preserving activity that they had created in themselves. And so it's one of those things where you're like, wow, uh, does that sound familiar? <laughs> you know, does that ring a bell? Um, and so when you, when you tried to stop taking something or eating something for an extended period of time, you know, i.e. your willpower, did you experience similar effects? Have you put yourself or have you ever felt deprived of the foods that you're eating because you abstained, you withdrew from it? All the while, your brain is telling you like, wait, what are you doing? I want this. And so it amplifies or it amps up these cravings and these urges for you to get more of it because of it wants the dopamine hit. You know, your brain is telling you that you want it because it's become essential to your existence, you know, to your survival. And again, the way to reverse that is to sit with the craving, right? Is to not give in. Um, a lot of the times what I'll have my clients do is sit with it and try to identify the underlying emotion or feeling, or sometimes the thought, like they'll oftentimes say, man, I want this. Okay, well, why do you want that? When you say I want this, how does that making you feel like what, what feeling or emotion comes up and it's really insightful. And that's the first step is, you know, establishing that understanding with your relationship with food. And a great question to start is to ask yourself, why do I want to eat this in the first place? Is it because it's time to eat yet? I'm not necessarily hungry and it's time to eat. And I, I want to eat like it's more so a thought than it is a hunger signal. Um, because we've conditioned and have trained ourselves to think that way? Or is it truly because my body, you know, is, is telling me like, hey, I, I'm, I'm hungry, like I'm feeling weak, I, I'm starting to get some headaches, like we should, we should eat something. And so having just that simple question in your pocket and then asking yourself anytime it's snack time or meal time, just asking yourself like, why, why do I want to eat? you know, what purpose is this food providing me and understanding the type of food that it is, if it's, you know, flour, if it's processed, if it contains added sugars, understanding the effects that it's having, not only in your brain, but also with the rest of your body, like your hormonal alignment. And so once we understand and have that foundation laid, we're now ready to explore, you know, the withdrawal, right? And when we stop or when we modify our eating habits, we're going to feel some feelings, okay? And so next week is going to be really interesting as we deep dive into this area of sitting with our feelings. You know, it's, okay, I, I feel the withdrawal, I feel the cravings, I feel the urges, now what? And I'm excited to talk to you about it then. But I also want to let you know that I'm creating some new courses and it's gonna be designed to help folks be more productive by teaching you the skills to get it done better. And whether that's lining your dream job or starting a business or growing your existing business or anybody in you know, project management when it comes to getting projects done on time and then all the thought work that gets in the way. Like we so much of the time get in our own way from getting, achieving the desired outcomes that we have. And so I'm super excited to be working on this. So stay tuned for more updates and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks everyone. Bye-bye. Hey, if you like this week's podcast, 
then you should check out my six-week online weight loss program, where we'll focus on your hormones to get you to your natural weight and look at what's happening in your life and why food is just a distraction that's keeping you from loving your life. Simply schedule a mini call with me at EliteWeightSolutions.com forward slash join dash me.